Welcome back to the Angie and Mike show. Mike here on the Monday after Easter. Hope yours was great. Ours was, although a lot tamped down. But there are some questions I have to ask about all of the suppression of religious freedom here in the time of the virus. And that means we have to get our friend Wendy Patrick, attorney, author, one of the people you should follow on social media. She's just the coolest and she's got great information that she shares with us. So we get to say, hello, Wendy. Hope you had a happy Easter. Welcome to the program, my friend. Hi, Mike. It's always such a pleasure to join you. And thank you for those gracious introductions every time. <laughs> uh, well, they're all true. I don't lie. I, I'm incapable yeah. of it because everybody goes, oh, you're lying. So, um, Wendy, I'm sitting there reviewing all of the stories from Holy Week leading up to Easter and there are a madness abounding. The 22 citations given by the cops for people who wanted to watch the sun go down in Encinitas. The video that popped Saturday afternoon of the man running by himself along the beach in California. And one police officer with a mask attempting to track the guy down to run him down to ticket him for this the guy outran him it's a, it's a great i'm cheering <laughs> i have to admit wendy i'm cheering for the guy the whole time <laughs> and and then we get the stories about the churches for easter weekend the kentucky governor who said we're going to be checking license plates if you're at the church we're going to be taking license plates down uh and and then the mississippi church that was going to have a drive-in service, and the police showed up to say, no, you're not. Uh, this whole thing is spiraling, in my opinion, out of control. Uh, where do you want to start? Which one of these stories tickles your fancy? <laughs> well, you know, I actually have been following the church services a lot. You know, as a Christian, I appreciate that it is uh, disheartening and disconcerting and, and really disappointing not to be able to meet in person. But remember, love thy neighbor. You don't want your decision to congregate in person to harm someone you live with, you live with, you love, you visit. You really don't want to endanger anybody else by your your choices. And so the Kentucky story I've been really following because that's been the, the governor's mandate. He doesn't want a parishioner's choice to kill someone else. It's hard to argue with his rationale. So I think what he's really making headlines for is the way he has really wanted to enforce this by taking down license plate numbers, issuing quarantine orders. That's tough. Because if we did that every time somebody was, let's say, at one of these grocery stores where, I don't know if you notice the, the footage from inside, that it's hard to enforce social distancing, where are we going to draw the line between the kinds of times we're going to order people in quarantine? Now, I understand the Kentucky governor is saying, hey, look, if we've got a, a megachurch and nobody is social distancing, that is clearly going to be a violation of the orders. It's going to be, you know, a forced quarantine. But then how do you enforce it? And is it the same way you enforce a man running down the beach or people that are uh, ticketed for being too close to each other in a public place? That has really been one of the most challenging aspects of this post-pandemic era in which we live is its inconsistent enforcement. Uh, and then where does it end? You know, in the law, we hate slippery slopes, but some people fear that might be where we're going. Yeah, the Kentucky situation does feel like a slippery slope. And I understand uh, that there is a judge who said, no, that executive order is, is not going to hold up. 
you're not going to be able to do that, that uh, you're not going to be able to record those license plates. At least that's what I'm thinking. So um, this this appears to be going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm guessing that judge or that governor just might try and rewrite his executive order to try and find a way around it. Because, you know, when a governor does something like that, he generally doesn't want it overturned. So he's going to find a way to get his idea through. It's it's one of those we're going to have to wait and see. Rand Paul wrote on it Saturday afternoon, thank God for a judge who understands the First Amendment prevents a government from prohibiting free government exercise of religion. So uh, I'm watching this story. I'm sure this is going to go back and forth for a while because we're not out of the woods yet. You know, this we've got a lot a long way to go on the virus. You know, and, and it's also worth mentioning that there are so many virtual ways to worship. There are so many services available, and it's one of those, uh, I know it's not perfect, but they have really ramped up already existing virtual church platforms where you could make the argument, and it's just it's interesting to talk about the arguments on both sides, because yes, it's unconstitutional for government to tell Americans how they can worship, but is it also unconstitutional to enforce public restrictions for health. and in, in other words, you're not telling them they can't worship, but you're putting restrictions on the manner in which people can congregate in public. Does that then constitute an abridgment of the freedom of religion? You see, it's a great argument. And, you know, we always say, hey, do you see this one heading its way towards the high court? If we are in a subject, if we're subject to perhaps another pandemic in the future, maybe this is one of those constitutional questions that's worth discussing, because you can also see it would actually refer to many different types of freedom of association, wouldn't it? Of course it would. Of course, it, this absolutely would. And, and we're, we've got myriad cases from Holy Week and Holy Week weekend leading up to Easter with Kentucky and the mayor of Chattanooga, Tennessee, saying no driving services and the police in a small town in Mississippi being called out to stop a drive-in service. In, in that Baptist church, I, I think I'm talking to the legal representative a little bit later to get the latest update on that. But th- this, no, Mike. I did. I did want to. I did want um, to yeah. to qualify, Mike. That I think the Easter Bunny has been deemed an essential employee. Right? Is that the same thing that you heard? That's yeah. good news, isn't it? And, well, it is. I saw. <laughs> I saw an Easter Bunny marching down the streets in New Orleans. <laughs> And uh, taking a saber to open a bottle of champagne in the French Quarter. And I, you know, I, the, the contradictions are what gets me. Like, for example, the contradiction uh, between all of this and the questions around what's essential and what's not essential. And in the spotlight, the state of Michigan, where the mayor, who's considered now to be a top candidate for Joe Biden's running mate, Governor Whitmer, she has declared that you can't buy seeds, gardening equipment, and baby seats for your car. Yes, and I, I thought that was a very interesting stance that she took, because it appears that, depending on where you live, different types of things are deemed essential. And if you, for example, were to live in a very rural community, you grew your own food, you couldn't very well get away with outlawing I mean, this is how people survive, and wouldn't you want people to be growing their own food in a pandemic so they wouldn't have to leave their house and infect other people or expose themselves or their loved ones? 
So this was a very interesting order by the state of Michigan. And it's also questionable as to whether car seats are deemed essential because aren't they? I mean, you could argue, well, the kids shouldn't be in the car, but what, what if you had to take the child to the hospital or, or for some sort of a doctor visit? You're going to need to have a working car seat. So you can see, Mark, and we could talk all day extending this rationale to the kinds of things that our listeners can probably think of right now that they would certainly deem essential for themselves and their households. So where do you draw the line? Yeah, this one, uh, I don't think the governor's got a leg to stand on this one, on the car seat issue and the seat issue as well. I, I just think they made a blanket order trying to rush out. Their intentions were probably good. But once again, this is my problem, my personal problem with giant government. It often thinks first and then has to rescind and react later without playing all sides of it. And especially when you look at the the contradiction of churches have to be closed, but Walmart, which is going to be more crowded, can be open. Uh, churches, liquor stores, medical marijuana and marijuana dispensaries can be open, but you can't buy seeds or a baby seat. It just seems to me yeah, like you, there's a lot in in contrast here and contradiction. You know what else I've you know what else I've noticed that's open, Mike, is smoke shops. You see them with their doors wide open. And it reminded me, you know, I've been ordering from Walmart online, and I noticed today that the Cadbury cream eggs that I've been trying to buy are out of stock. And I thought to myself, have they now been deemed non-essential? And can you make that argument? We can no longer buy our favorite junk food online, but you can walk right into a smoke shop, a vape shop. Those are open. How ironic is that, given the fact that there have been proven, at least this is a seems to be the medical consensus that perhaps people with compromised lungs have a, a better, a stronger risk of not only getting the virus, but coming down with it worse. And we're going to leave those doors open, but we're not going to sell you a car seat in Michigan or allow you to grow your own food. You're right. It's a study in contradictions for sure. Yeah. And one that I'm sure will go on into the law books going forward. Oh, my God. That's for sure. Thank you again, Wendy Patrick. Go to wendypatrickphd.com and check out Wendy and what she's up to. Follow her on the Twitter with all the great stuff and the stuff in uh, psychology today as well. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Mike.